Sasha. Hey, Courtney. What does Jacob Marley do when he doesn't have enough cash for the bus? Who's Jacob Marley? Friend of yours? No, it's the ghost from A Christmas Carol. Oh, I just thought he was just the ghost from A Christmas Carol. <laughs> no. And also, he rummages for loose chains. Ah, 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 ah. It's his festive Christmas spoop hour. Ah, ah, ah. Jacob Marley, the eccentric millionaire who is also a dead man and a ghost. He's not related to Bob Marley. <laughs> uh, welcome back to Spoop Hour, folks. If you are listening to this on the day that it drops, Merry Christmas. And also, if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. If, if you, you don't, don't, happy probably a day off. Yeah, you hopefully. Chose to go into work today. Happy Tuesday. Happy um, Tuesday. Happy. I hope you're just having a good day. Yeah. Yeah. If you're one of our international listeners, depending on where you are in the world, happy Wednesday. Yeah. Hope you're having a great boxing day. Hope you had a good Christmas yesterday. Or a good Hanukkah or, or a good whatever, whatever you celebrate. Something. Yeah. So. Hope you're just feeling festive and nice right now. Yes. Be nice year round. Yeah. We are a paranormal comedy podcast. We are. Coming at you. <laughs> like With- Cleopatra. Ha ha ha. I played this robot rap game on Jackbox Party Pack 5 last night. What? You type in, like, different rhymes, and they the robots, like, read it phonetically. Amazing! Yeah, it's oh, really funny, play. but we gotta, we gotta play that. We I gotta play that, yeah. it. I won one round, and then the next round I came in second place, oh. so I did very well. How do you win? Everyone else votes for, like, oh, which okay, one gotcha, was the gotcha. sticky, because it's the two, stickiest yeah, beat? it's, like, two, two battle, like, two okay. robots battle against each gotcha. other, and the audience votes for who who did better. All right, I gotta start yeah. thinking of words that rhyme with penis now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did anything spooky happen to you this week? Not really. It was a pretty unspooky week for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I had the same. Um, yeah. I had IB oral exams all week, so mm-hmm. I was just like cooped up in a storage room in the library all week, and you'd think that would be pretty creepy. It just, I was just in there. I was cold. Yeah. <laughs> cold I am, storage. I am about to embark on a one-woman reimagining of The Shining, because if you follow me on Twitter, first of all, don't. Second of all, if you do, you poor thing. And <laughs> my work is undergoing some construction, and because I have crippling allergies, they're like, you can't come in for the next six weeks, so I'm going to be working from home and losing my mind. I'm going to go full yellow wallpaper by the time February rolls around. But at least in between there, you have a trip to Japan. That's true. Towards the end of January. Yeah, exactly. Land of hair dryers. And (laughs) we were talking off air about hair dryers. Yeah. It's not important. I guess one one nice thing about this week is that (laughs) last night... I hung out with uh, my partner and his friends, and mm-hmm. everyone brought sweet treats, Yay! and now we have cheesecake. That's our, our snack. Our podcast. So our spooky cheesecake. Thank you, friends of Jack. Yes, thank we you for cheesecake. snack. Because of friends of Jack, we yeah. have snack, is and it's not whack. See, I'm already practicing yeah, exactly. for this robot rhyme game. It is good. The cheesecake is good. Mm. Ooh, it is a really good... Mm-hmm. It's I like, really creamy. Mm-hmm. I like a creamy tart cheesecake. Mm-hmm. And so yesterday we had like... Like chocolate and Yule log and everything. Oh, nice! So I actually ended up getting like a thin slice of Yule log and nice. spreading the cheesecake on top of it. Beautiful to cut on the sweetness. <laughs> Was it a homemade Yule log? Uh, oh, Wegmans. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm always impressed by people who make Yule logs because yeah. they seem hard as shit. Like whenever I've watched the Great British Bake Off and they're like, "You have to make a Swiss roll." Why do we make them? They're really hard to roll. Just rub some shit on your cake and eat it. I think senior year of high school, Mm. my friend Sam and I made a Swiss roll. I made the, or a Yule log. I made the cake and she made the marzipan creatures. Nice. 
And we did like a very light chocolate angel food. Delicious. And then I made a chocolate strawberry cream for oh, the inside. Nice. Like minced strawberries. How did rolling it go? It took a lot of patience. <laughs> yeah, but we made it very, very thin. And then I I got to eat like the end pieces and stuff, like as we were cutting and creating it, and then we took it to our class, the ne- Japanese class, the next day, and mm-hmm. everyone ate it before I got a piece. Oh, that was really sad. Dicks. But I got really good photos of it, and it was fun Nothing. making it. Yeah. That was the year that I got my finger stuck in between the, the electric mixer. Oh, thing. no. And instead of helping, my mom and Sam laughed at me. Oh. And I was like, can somebody please help? Well, you're going to haunt them the fuck my out. Finger, my, fi- my finger, because you can see, like, part of it's missing because of yes. the mixer, right? Actually, Sasha doesn't have a finger. Yeah. That'll haunt the shit out of them. Yeah, and that that ghost of that finger rattles its loose chains. <laughs> and yes, it is a true fact. When we practice the joke off air, Sasha goes, I don't know who Jacob Marley is. Yeah. That's a true fact. She that- texted me while I was driving, and I parked the car, and she was outside the house mm-hmm. checking the mail. And I was like, who's Jacob Marley? And I may have scared you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I was just... I got Sasha a last-minute gift on top of her primary gift. And I was like, well, I'll check the mail so that when we do the gift exchange on Spoop Hour, she has everything. But it's not here yet. So when it's here, we'll just have a little belated Christmas. It's okay, because I do have something from you here. Yes. So Shall we open our gift? Yes, let's. Okay. So your tag is really cute. It says, the best Spoopy co-host, friend, and roommate ever. Thank you. <gasps> your tag is also very cute. It says, Merry Christmas, you beautiful, brilliant, sparkly, owl-loving, cat-cuddling, spoopy, creppy, wonderful podcast co-ghost, roommate, and friend. Yay. Yay. Yeah, I did not wrap that one. That came wrapped. From it's beautiful. <laughs> the person I bought it from. Wow, they they really knew me. Yeah, they really <laughs> they have me pegged. <laughs> <laughs> Unwrapping. Unwrap my heart. Oh God. Say your Christmas again. <laughs> Undo the jingles, you bald. What? What? <laughs> no. Ooh, it's double wrapped. Ooh. Protection. Yes. <laughs> It's just layers of condoms. Oh, good. Just condoms all the way down. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They're little pins. Yes. And they're for Great Gatsby, Frankenstein, and I almost read Shamlet. I know. It does Hamlet. look like Shamlet, but it, are they These wrong, These are though? so cute. Yay. Oh, my God. There was a little vendor in Eastern Market, and she did... She, she's the one who does all of those, and she makes these purses out of used books. Mm-hmm. So she was really cool, and I was like, I know somebody who needs these. These are so cute. Yay. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Oh, my God. Yay. I love these. Thank you. All right, I'm going to open mine. It's from a boy-girl party, which I haven't been to yet, but I hear they're very sexy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, actually, I'm this lady woman. writes, like, children's books. <laughs> The boy girl party. I hope these will be useful to you in 20. Thank you for your order from Boy Girl Party. Fancy cat memo, sticky notes, owl recipe cards. Oh, so cute. So I hope these will be useful oh for you, God. especially at work. I'm like obsessed with sticky notes, and these have owls on them. Yeah. Yay! Thank you. Let me let me peep. Oh my God! Look at this little fancy cat motherfucker. Oh. oh. Yeah, see, this is there. It's a oh, it's so cute. It's like a puzzle, puzzle. but they're different size stickies. So oh, we'll take pictures. They're so cute. I'm gonna have to put a magnet on this so we can put it on the fridge because yeah. it is too cute to live in a desk. <laughs> oh, oh, we do have a correction while I get this other thing open. A correction slash update. Apparently, the thing I grew up calling the Our Father is actually the Lord's Prayer. And listener Lexi emailed me because she's a better former Catholic than me, <laughs> and she was like, "BT Dubs, if it makes that story less creepy." What you're referring to is a different prayer entirely. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Okay, good. And according to Maxwell of the Lost Treasure podcast, there's a chiller version of the Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep oh, thank that's goodness. less like dying or sleep. Die. Yeah, oh, it's, it's more just like, anyway, watch over me when I sleep to make sure nothing happens rather than like, well, if I should die. Be- oh, so, God. Oh, look at these little cords. It's so cute. Step one, be rad. Oh, wait, you're already done, Zoe. Aww. That's so cute. Oh, who wrote this recipe? Oh, that's so cute. Right? I love it. Thank you. Isn't that cute? It's so cute. I, I thought that would be perfect for you because really? you cook and bake so much. I do. And, Just um, the other day, one of my coworkers asked me, how do you get your cookies so soft and chewy? And the answer is, technically pull them out when they're not done baking. 
there's a texture you want to go for. Yeah. So when I touch it, I can tell. But you want like a little bit of resistance, but not fully baked. And then you leave it on the hot pan. And then as it sets, it finishes cooking all the way through. But everything stays soft and chewy. Mm. Anyway, that's the secret. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Thank you! Yay! Boop hour. Do you want to share a listener story first? Or should we take this quiz? Hmm. Do you want to do listener story quiz? And then I have a game for us, yes, too. Yes, It's going to be a it's really... It's a fun Christmas! If only we Best had this, like crackers that they do in the UK yeah, where you exactly. get like a little paper crown. I was at World Market the other day and almost bought, you know, the little party blowers. Oh yeah, yeah the honk. honk I bought honk. a kit. It actually, it may have been last year, but mm-hmm. our friend who lives in Australia, Christy, who hi. also listens to this podcast, she is behind. But hi, Christy, when you're listening to this, you've probably come and gone. But anyway, she always comes around New Year's. And last year, I think, or maybe two years ago, I bought this, like, $5 New Year's in a box kit. It came with those and, like, mm-hmm. black and gold top hats yeah. and, like, yeah. It was a party in a box. All right. So, listener story, then quiz, then game. And yeah. we're just going to have a grand old time. Grand old time. So, speaking of Maxwell from the Lost Treasure podcast. And also Everything is Crystals. And also our upcoming Kingdom Hearts collaboration. I know. Who holds my, my fragile fate in his He and I hands. both have Keyblades now. Oh, Lord, you're going to fight. We are both holding your heart in our hands. Oh, God. Is that what the game is about? Your kingdom heart. Is that what the game is about? I don't know. We'll we'll talk about it. Is it it about hearts? Is it about about, a kingdom? Is it about a kingdom of hearts? I just recently learned that the Keyblade is a blade and a key, not just... I just thought that it was called the Keyblade because it made it seem cooler than just being like, it's just a big-ass key. But it's apparently a weapon, too. Yeah. And now I have one, so if anyone ever tries to, like, cause any shit in this house, I can beat them with it. (laughs) By shit, I mean, please, Sasha, stop telling me about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, if you guys look at my Twitter, you'll see photos of me with this Keyblade and also fighting our cat Zelda. Which is great because that's like alluding to this potential Sora for Smash. Yeah. So it was already a crossover sensation, me fighting Zelda. (laughs) I was not home when Sasha unwrapped her Keyblade. That's fine. It was good. (laughs) Zelda just kept sniffing the blade and was like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? My mom's not home. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. This cheesecake is so good. Right? Isn't it so good? There's Mm -hmm. still more upstairs. Good. I'm going to eat all of it. Thank you, Brad of Pop Culture Bento for this cheesecake. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, so Maxwell's story. Yeah. Hi, Sasha and Courtney. Hi, Maxwell. Hi, Maxwell. How's it going? This past Thanksgiving, my family and I stayed over at the Parker House in Boston, which is known to be notoriously haunted. I remember seeing photos. Yes, and I remember him tweeting about it. Yeah. And I'm then, so like, excited to hear he this. messaged us being like, I Googled to see if this hotel was haunted, and the internet was like, for sure it is. And I was like, well, it's been good knowing you. So excited. <laughs> Naturally, I was excited to see if I could encounter a ghost or two. Some of the reported haunts includes the very spooky mirror of Charles Dickens, where the famous author is alleged to appear to shocked guests. (gasps) Does Jacob Marley come with him? Uh, (laughs) The ghost of 19th century actress Charlotte Cushman supposedly stops the elevator on the third floor, even when that floor hasn't been selected and nobody gets on. Oh, that's fun. That's fun, right? Yeah. There are other ghosts too, but I'll let you save that for a future episode. I was in a hotel in Boston... This was in 2012, mm-hmm. I think, on a work trip. And this was the infamous work trip where I worked a 20-hour day and got about two hours of sleep before I had to get up and work like an 18-hour day. I'm glad you day. don't work for that company I anymore. am too. But anyway, so I'm basically like deliriously tired. Yeah. I'm sitting at the front desk of our conference while everybody's inside doing shit. And there was an elevator. We were in the basement. There was nothing else down there. It was just us and everybody was inside. And the elevator doors, periodically, it would just open and close. And then it would open and close. And I was like, oh, fuck, I think this elevator's on it. <laughs> you know, I realize I've never actually mentioned that. My freshman dorm yeah. at JMU. Was it haunted? I don't know if it was, but our elevator would do the same thing. Weird. And this was one of those dorms that was connected to the original tunnels yeah. on campus. And yeah. like, that was the, what, the second building on campus or something like that? Probably. Yeah, Ashby. That sounds right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Trashby. Yeah, Trashby. Well, no, Trashby is the Trashby apartment was the apartment complex. complex. Ashby was just the one on, like, on campus. But that one, yeah... I mean, it's also named after Turner Ashby. So. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was haunted too. We had a haunted elevator. Yay. Okay, so I thought I had hit the ground running when the concierge mentioned someone in, with my fairly unique last name having worked there some odd years ago. 
But sadly, this was a false start. Later that night, I met up with my Boston friend, the same one who accompanied me on my UK tour this summer, where I did happen to experience a few supernatural encounters. That's right, because he met that woman that I maintain as a ghost. Exactly. Even though I don't believe in ghosts, I still maintain that woman as a ghost. Yeah, we have a whole episode of Spoop Hour (laughs) about it, so so go find that. It's whatever we It's our anniversary episode, actually. Yeah, so go find it. It's in August. It's called Spoopiversary. Spoopiversary. After a failed attempt at summoning the ghost of Charles Dickens in a spooky <laughs> mirror. See, that's why I like Max. Yeah. Because, like, I would do the same. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, let's go I would too, and then I'd be like, oh, nothing. My friend and I checked out the little museum in the hotel basement. Mm. Many celebrity guests, like President Abraham Lincoln and JFK, have stayed at the hotel. Fun. You can see photos of the hotel's equally famous workers, such as Ho Chi Minh and Malcolm X. Damn. All right. Okay. (laughs) While we were looking at a timeline of historical Boston events, something my friend saw compelled him to account the story of his grandfather and grandmother who stayed in an adjacent hotel back in the 1940s. My friend's grandfather was in the military, and it was his job to guard the captured Nazis and other war criminals. Oh, nice. Around Thanksgiving 1942, he was able to get some time off to come into Boston, have a few nights out on the town with his wife slash, you know, his friend's grandmother. On the night of November 28th, 1942, the newlyweds checked into one of Boston's other illustrious hotels, not sure which one, and that's when my friend's grandmother discovered a wallet on the floor of the lobby. November 28th is my mom's birthday. Whoa. (laughs) Spooky. Um, Not 1942, though. No. To her and her husband's surprise, there was a $100 bill inside. Ooh. In old-timey conversion, that would probably be like a thousand. Fifteen bazillion dollars. He says, I don't know. I don't do math. Don't at me. (laughs) While my friend's grandfather went to arrange the room, go arrange the room, his wife decided to do the right thing and turned in the wallet to the front desk. When her husband returned and found out what she had done, he exasperately shouted, but we could have gone to the Coconut Grove with that. <laughs> Aww. The Coconut Grove at the time was the premier famous nightclub in Boston, so showing up there would have been a big deal. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, the married couple was unable to attend. And then they got divorced. I'm just kidding. No. But all for the better and for the sake of my friend's existence. Uh-oh. Because that one night of the lavish decorations at the Coconut Grove caught fire and turned the nightclub into an inferno. Oh, fuck. The main entrance and exit was a rotating door and a mob of panicked guests got caught between the partitions as people were pushing on either side. Ooh. 419 two, 492 people died in the conflagration and the Coconut fuck. Grove night club fire is known as the second deadliest nightclub fire in american history shit it goes without saying always turn in a wallet if you find it it could end up saving your life and the life of your unborn grandchildren was this an episode of beyond belief factor fiction because i feel like it is that's so funny that's intense shit man well i'm glad that your friend exists i know dang that's some like i almost said home alone that's not the one back to the future shit yeah damn fuck fuck I've never found money. Well, the one time I found money, I was in my room. I was in high school. I was doing a deep clean, and I found a 20 under my bed, and it was, like, the best day of my yeah, life. And I still think about it. Reorganizing this pile of, like, greeting cards and Christmas cards and, mm-hmm. you know, birthday cards and stuff that I've received over the last, like, maybe year or so. Yeah. And this week, I found $50 and a $20 Regal gift card. Shit! Yeah, so I'm really excited. High roller over here! And actually, I know that in storage somewhere, probably in one of the boxes I haven't unpacked from our move that just has, like, you know, stationery and stuff in it. Yeah. I know that there's another, like, $100 or something. Oh, shit, I'm going treasure hunting. No, don't no, go treasure hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Show me a map. But, yeah, it was really awesome, because I went to see in, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse yesterday. For free. And, well, not for free, oh. because I had to pay for three tickets, but oh. I used $20 off of that. So thank you to one of my former students who gave me a $20 Regal gift card. Aw. You are the MVP of my Christmas weekend. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. All right, so do you want to do this quiz? Yes, I do. I was scrolling. I saw the title, and I'm yeah. very excited. I was scrolling through Twitter this morning, and I was like, it's like Mental Floss Knows Us. I know. So um, shout out to whoever at Mental Floss is listening to Spoop Power. Yeah, seriously. So this quiz is called, Which Legendary Christmas Monster Are You? Yes. Christmas isn't all about tidings of comfort and joy. While some children look forward to a visit from Old St. Nick in December, according to some folk traditions, more nefarious creatures are also out and about and looking for naughty kids during the holidays. Which Christmas creature are you? So what I'll do is I'll, you you can look on with my laptop, but I'll read them out louds for our listeners. Okay. And then we'll pick from your answers. Okay, okay? cool. Because I took it this morning and I got, well, I'll tell you later. If I'm not the Yule Cat or Gryla, I'm going to flip my shit. (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure if they're they're on here, but I will tell you who I got. And who I got was, well, I'll tell you at the end, but I got someone who was, oh, did I, oh, I may have reset it. Oh, no. Oh, it's okay. But I got one of the French ass names. Oh, good. All right, let's start. (laughs) 
Question one, where would you rather spend Christmas? In Austria or Germany? Iceland, Pennsylvania, France, or Scandinavia? Iceland. Iceland, okay. Desperately want to go to Iceland. Me too. Although, hilariously, I will be spending part of Christmas in Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. What do you hate most? Everything. People who don't get new cl clothes for Christmas? Children who don't obey their parents? Families who don't leave you porridge on Christmas Eve? Extra naughty kids or people who put two spaces after a period? Okay, I was going to do extra naughty kids because as regular listeners know, I'm not a huge fan of children, but I really fucking hate people who put two spaces after a period <gasps> because part of my job is copy editing and the people who put two spaces after a period are most likely to be the people who don't keep it consistent. So they'll do one space, they'll do seven spaces, they'll do three spaces. So then you have to go through their entire fucking paragraph and count every single space and I hate them. So, those losers. Okay, so people who... Put two spaces okay. after a period, yes. Okay, I, I got the same result as I did earlier, so okay, I'll, good. I'll save that. Okay. Do you eat meat? Yes. Okay, so yes, so not no, or I'm trying to cut back? Not really. I don't eat a ton of meat, but I do eat meat. Okay. Do you For example, I haven't eaten meat yet today, I don't think. Okay. These things happen. Yeah. Yeah. I had Chef Boyardee, <laughs> Mere and there ago. was some meat in it. Well, there some was meat. meat in that cheesecake. It was a steak and cheesecake. It was a steak and cheesecake. Ha! <laughs> fooled ya! <laughs> Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> Alright, do you consider yourself fashionable? I hate clothes. I'll wear whatever fits over my horns. Oh, these rags? I've had them forever. Or, yeah, I'm a snappy dresser. I'm torn between I'm a snappy dresser and I'll wear whatever fits over my horns. I think when I took this quiz earlier, I was like, oh, Courtney is definitely a snappy dresser. Oh, well, thank you. Then I'll do that. Okay. I'm currently wearing a shirt from work and yoga pants. Yeah, but you look very nice today. Oh, thank you. I'm going to go for a walk later. Oh, nice. <laughs> Someone does something that annoys you. How do you respond? Hit them with a stick? <laughs> yes. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Leave them a nasty present? Like pooping? Eat them. <laughs> Or do you take a deep breath and walk away? You don't hear me say. <laughs> Honestly, if I'm answering for what I want to be, I would eat them, okay. obviously. But for who I am as a person, I probably just take a deep breath and walk away. I'm okay. notoriously non-confrontational. Yeah, you don't want to hit them with a stick? I or, mean, I do want to, but I'm probably not going okay. to. What's your favorite holiday activity? Beating children with sticks? Obviously. <laughs> Boiling children into stew? Ooh. Giving children coal? Banding together with your sons to make mischief? Or hanging out with Santa? I'm going to have to go with boiling children into stew. That sounds very cozy. That sounds very cozy and And similar warm. to my holiday activity, which is baking. Baking, exactly. It's basically baking, but stew. Do you think good children deserve presents at holidays? Of course or no, all children are naughty and should be eaten. No, all children are naughty and should be eaten. I'm so sorry if my nieces are listening. <laughs> not you guys. You guys are cool. Hashtag not all children. All right. Calculating results. You're Gryla! Yes! I'm not going to flip my shit. <laughs> I, so I only took this quiz once. Well, I took yeah. it twice to get my previous result. And so I wasn't sure if Gryla was an yeah. option. So when you're like, I'll flip my shit, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> One of them was definitely the Yule Cat because yeah. the not having new clothes is a Yule Cat thing. Yeah. And there's definitely like Krampus in here. Yeah, with the horns. Yeah. So you're Gryla. Yes. Gryla is a massive troll who terrorizes <laughs> the children of Iceland Same. along with her 13 mischievous children, the Yule Lads, and her cat, the Jolakthorin. That's okay. that's the Yule Cat. Yeah. Jolakthorin. Yeah. I remember from last year when I had to look up the pronunciation because we talked Yolakerten. 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 <laughs> it's not so easy, is it? No, it really isn't. That's why I always make sure that you get, get to all research the hard, the hard words. You're going to love what I talk about today, oh, then. hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I took the wimpy way out because I didn't want to pronounce anything. <laughs> there are so many hard words. So during Christmas, she comes down from her hideout in the mountains Same. to snatch bad children from Same. their homes and boil them alive, Same. turning them into a delicious stew. You're welcome, world. So my result, I got... Oh, Pere Futard. We talked about him last year, we too. We talked about him last year, too. So I got Pere Futard or the handsome. Father Whipper. 
<laughs> I like your or beard. Or rather, rather not the Father Whipper, just Father Whipper. Father Whipper. He is Santa's... <laughs> He's bad- only the Father Whipper on Friday nights. Right. <laughs> he, he is Santa's bad-tempered assistant in parts of France, Belgium, and Switzerland. He doles out lumps of coals and carries a whip or switch to beat children who have been bad. Nice. I want to clarify that I picked a lot of, like, really positive ones, and I did not pick any of the ones that were, like, whip children. <laughs> and yet, also, and yet, this is I appropriate. still got Pere Futard. Oh, My socks are Santa. Santa socks. So we're hanging out. Boom. It's perfect. We'll so post a picture on the Instagram, probably. We are Pere Futard and Gryla. Yes, and the Yolak Torin. If you go to our Twitter account, I retweeted this on Sunday and said that the spoop hosts would be doing the quiz. So if you want to take this quiz for yourself as well, you can go to Mental Floss and search which legendary Christmas monster are you, or you can go to our Twitter at Spoop Hour and look and just tweet at us what your results are. Okay. Sweet. All right, you want to keep the good times rolling? Let's keep the good times rolling. Want to keep the good times, you lock a turin? Yule catting. (laughs) Hell yeah. We're yule catting this Christmas. So... In order to tell you the name of this game, we need to go over what today's topic is, because I realize now we have not said it. Nope. Because obviously this is our general holiday episode in our month of Christmas and holiday spoop. Today we're talking about fairies, because like sugar plum fairy, and yeah, they're probably more closely associated with the summertime, but suck my dick. I did my best. Anyway, today's game I'm is... talking about sugar plum fairy br- very briefly. Great, <laughs> that counts. <laughs> today's game is called... Fair, re, 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 re. Oh God! Like the psycho noise. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> so, shout out to Ranker and unnaturalworld.fandom.com because that's what I used to design this game. So, what's going to happen is I'm going to read a list of twelve things, and you're going to tell me if it's an upsetting facet of fairy lore, or if it's about something else, or an alternative name for this game, fairy or falsy. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You ready for this? And not going to be murdered by a fairy. I mean, I make no promises. Make no Wait promises. till the game starts. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if we learned anything from Midsummer Night's Dream, fairies are not necessarily they're not, good. They're not your friends. <laughs> no. We're going to go into that more when I talk, because who y'all, it was a real gruesome read. Yeah. All anyway, right, so let's do number this. one. Number one, be careful. Certain fairies are prone to ripping humans apart with their razor-sharp teeth and claws, then mopping up the blood with their signature hat. Yeah. Let's say yeah. Fairy? Fairy. Fairy. Yep. <laughs> red caps do this, thus their name. <laughs> red caps. It's red because of the blood. They didn't start out red, so that's a fun fact for you. They also guard their territory by decapitating interlopers with scythes. So you know how Mrs. Claus is said to have made Santa's outfits? Yes. Is she mopping up the blood? From red caps? Yes. And she used the fabric to Damn mop it. up blood. Mrs. Claus is a serial killer. You heard it here first, folks. Frick. Okay. I told you, there's a reason why the game is called Fair. Re, 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 re. Oh, okay. <laughs> I understand the game now. <laughs> All right, let's keep the good times going. <laughs> the natural enemy of some fairies is the dragon, as dragons can counteract certain fairy abilities by summoning rains. Fairy or falsy? I, I'd like this to be true, but it, yeah, you know, no. So falsy? So falsy? Falsy. Falsy, okay. This is sometimes true of certain vampires. Mm. Which I learned yesterday. Mm. If a baby dies as the result of a harsh winter, it may come back as a fairy and torment those who stumble across where it died. Fairy or falsy? God. (laughs) Uh, Let's say fairy. Fairy. This is the origin of Utbirds, probably. I tried Mm. finding pronunciation of it. My phone was like, you made that word up, which I did not. Utbirds can also turn into giant owls that eat people who travel at night. So don't travel at night if you don't want to get eaten by Utbirds. What's up, bird? <laughs> About five pounds. <laughs> it's U-T-B-U-R-D-S. Anyway, don't trust that horse in Scottish locks. It may be a fairy that will lure you into the water, drown you, and eat you. Yeah. Fairy or false? Fairy. Fairy. This is the go-to move of Kelpies, which Kelpies, yeah. I did and not realize a- they were a kind of fairy. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't sure if Kelpies were a kind of fairy, but I know what a Kelpie is thanks to our third mysterious roommate. Yay! And yeah, that sounded right. Yep. <laughs> and they also eat other fairies, which makes them super fun cannibals. And basically, I like to think we've... I've discussed this off air with our mysterious third roommate. I think that Kelpies, which a friend of mine is genuinely scared of, shout out to Gemma, but... Oh, God. I think that 
Because the thing is, it's a pretty horse, and then people are like, oh, I'm going to go touch that horse. And then you touch it, and you get sucked down into the depths, which I think means that when you touch a Kelpie, it goes, and your hand sticks. No, like Because otherwise, you'd just like take your hand away. Horses don't have hands. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Anyway, that's my Kelpie He's lore. sticky. Gross. It's like those hands that you get in the like little plastic little balls plastic that, that you just like slap and you throw out stuff kids, and then yeah. they get hair on them. I can't wait for you to watch Into the Spider Verse because this discussion will be yes. relevant later. <laughs> All right, next one. Yes. Oof! What's that smell? Yeah, Breathe with I'm sorry. caution. <laughs> I farted. <laughs> Breathe with caution. If you smell it, you'll fall prey to fairy fever and be cursed with nightmares and burning pain in your legs. Fairy or falsy? What are my farts? Um, <laughs> but are you a fairy though? And no. Falsy. Yeah. You're a Wendigo. I'm a Wendigo. So it's called Wendigo fever, and after the pain, people go a little crazy. And run into the woods never to be seen again. Most Good. speculation is that the Wendigo eats them. Good. Yeah. So it's a fun game. Good. Be careful when you smell farts. Because it might be me. It's Momo the Fart Monster. <gasps> Momo. Or a, or a Wendigo. It's a Merry Christmas, Momo. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure that's your baby? Or is it a deformed doppelganger planted by a fairy? Fairy or falsy? Fairy. Fairy. Beat. Sorry, Bendith, which I spelled phonetically mm-hmm. and still can't say, are a Welsh type of fairy that steals babies and leave behind their offspring called Crimbles behind. Are Crimbles like, oh god, what's that? There, there's like a word for changeling. changeling. Yeah, kind of. Okay. But yeah, same kind of concept like you see with elves, but mm-hmm. these are called Crimbles. And fun fact, unlike elves, sometimes Bendith mm-hmm. give the baby back mm-hmm. after they teach the baby about music, mm. which seems like a very like... We're going to kidnap your kid, but when he comes back, he's going to be, like, so good at the violin, so you're welcome. What a strange... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seems I mean, fine. I'll, yeah, okay. Compared to the other things we've heard thus far, yeah, it's pretty sounds, legit. Yeah, they'll, they'll give the kid back and it'll have talent. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it'll be able to pick the sco- the college of its choice. <laughs> the college. The college of its choice. I'm drunk. I'm not, but I should be. You should be afraid of the dark, because it enhances this fairy's sense of smell and hearing. And also, they can see in the dark, basically making them apex predators. Fairy or falsy? Oh, God. Falsy. Falsy! Oh, God. That is Wendigos. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading or flipping through an issue of Game Informer Mm -hmm. this month with my brother, and they were talking about, like, here are some fun games to play with your friends and family at the holidays. Was it the Wendigo one? there was, like, board games, card games, you know, Mario Party, Mario Kart, Jackbox Party Pack, and then fucking Until Dawn. (laughs) And I was like... If what? you hate your family. If you hate your family or you want your family to suffer through a horror game with you because you don't want to play it alone. Aiden <laughs> Panettiere. Oh, God. But yeah, that's the game with the Wendigos. You're absolutely right. <laughs> All right. Older fairies gain additional powers over nature. So the oldest ones can summon super storms and bring midnight darkness before the sun has gone down. I want this to be fairies. Fairy or falsy? Fairies. Falsy. Falsy, damn. Wendigos can Again, be Again, God, yeah. Wendigos are just like... They have a lot of powers that I did not know about. I am scared. You should be. I'm not going back to the woods. <laughs> Good call. Just don't go there. We'll get into more why later. You can probably trust those lights in the marshlands. It definitely isn't a series of fairy lights leading you to your doom in a bog, except that it is. Fairy or falsy? Fairy. Fairy. This is a will of the wisp, and yeah. that's a kind of fairy. Okay. We've talked about them before. Yeah, we talked about them before. I didn't think they classified. Okay, I didn't either. Cool. I thought they were ghosts, but yeah. no, they're fairies. Okay. Fairies in cold climates have icicles for claws that they use to do murder. Fairy or falsy? Fairy. Falsy. falsy. Wendigos. Again? Yes. God damn it. <laughs> Wendigos, <laughs> fucking me up. They're very powerful and need to be stopped. They do. Don't look at that ugly thing because it is so hideous it may stop your heart. Fairy or falsy? Fairy. Yep. And this is one I tried so hard to find a pronunciation for. The Fakan fairy, it's F-A-C-H-A-N, okay, and it lives Fakan. in the Scottish Highlands, which means that however I just said it is wrong. Yeah. And Scottish it is- and... Gaelic, Gaelic just, friends, please help. Please send send emotional send support. Pronunciation guides. I I was on the Wikipedia page for Irish International Phonetic Alphabet today, so like that tells you how my day went. Yeah. Anyway. Tell us how to pronounce it, spoopbauer at gmail.com. So we're just gonna say the Fakan. Okay. Like Fakasha. 
fucking. The fucking fairy. I like fucking. We're going to say fucking. I lied. The fucking fairy lives in the Highland Mountains and is reportedly fatally ugly and also sensitive about its lack of flight. It waves a spiked club at people out of frustration. That's like the best I've ever done an Irish Actually, accent. Yeah, spiked club. The spiked club. <laughs> <laughs> and now I can't do it anymore. Fucking fairy. Fucking. <laughs> Fucking. Be careful with the animals you trust. If they have come near a fairy, they may be under mind control. Falsy. Falsy. That's a okay. vampire thing. Thank goodness. Okay, it's a okay. Wendigo thing. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, God. Vampires. Vampires. And that was fairy. <laughs> So and, uh, vampires can fly, but they they're not fairies. No. No. Although, that actually kind of segs nicely into oh, the things neat. I'm talking okay, about today. Okay, talk about scary fairies. <laughs> I will end with a discussion of, like, the sugar plum fairy, <laughs> and the tooth fairy, <laughs> and Disney fairies. Lovely. So, let's go so, with the hardcore shit first. <laughs> yes, I have hardcore shit, and then I have a famous tale of fairies that pretty much everybody knows, so we can skip it if we don't have time. We'll figure it out. So... Shout out to Gizmodo for being my jumping off point and for Wikipedia, which basically backed me up on all of this. So we're going to talk about the Virika, which is a horrible thing in India that is a cross between a vampire and a fairy. So you could not have segged it nicer if you had tried. Thank you. Oh, wow. Just put a real neat button on that. So these 18 inch tall fairies travel in groups and they chatter cheerily to each other while they gather outside of homes where people are soon to die. Frick. Yeah. Fucking. Fucking fairies. <laughs> episode title. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Fucking fairies. fairies. <laughs> Love it. Done. Adding to the fun is the fact that the faces of the Virika and, and their teeth are stained with human blood because, of course, they swarm and eat the soon-to-be-dead. Good. Yep. Good. The only way to let your loved one shuffle off this mortal coil in peace is to build the Virika a shrine. So basically, if you notice that they've swarmed on your house, you build them a little shrine, you put some flowers on it, you put little snacks on it, and they're like, you're chill, we're not going to do shit. Okay. That's the only solution. That's fun, right? Okay. (laughs) Now let's talk about other spooky fairies, because there's a lot. And honestly... I am not even, like, scratching the surface because there are so many. Like, there's one in South America who really loves tortoises. Mm -hmm. So if you kill a tortoise, he'll hunt you down and torture you. (laughs) Like, but I couldn't find a pronunciation for that one, so that's why we're not talking about it. Anyway, we're going to talk about Banik now. Banik. So, this is why you want to be careful around bathhouses, because in Slavic myth, that is the realm of the Banik. Traditionally, the fourth time the bathhouse is steamed up is when the Banik rolls up, ready to invite his fellow forest sprites and demons for a relaxing day in the sauna. Bathhouses are traditionally not decorated with any kind of religious iconography because the fourth time is specifically reserved for the Banik, and it's thought that if you put up, like, a cross or whatever, it's going to piss him off, and you don't want to do that because, again, literal demons are partying with him. (laughs) Good times. You also don't want to be like, you know what, he won't mind if I just jaunt in and do a quick steam because if you do that he will pour boiling water over you and or strangle you good which is fun after the way to live right after the fourth time the bathhouse is pretty much open to public use but you need to be aware that the bannock is also a perv because he will lurk in the steam while you relax and watching you toast your giblets and sometimes he'll scratch your back but you only need to be worried if he claws your back because then it's a sign that misfortune is coming to you Huh. <laughs> so if you feel somebody weirdly scratching your back, it is a perv, but it's not the perv you think. Uh-huh. It's a fairy. Huh. Yeah. Fairy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about bean fin, which are sometimes called bon shon, mm. which is a whole subcategory of fairy. They are washer slash water slash white women. Their whole thing is drowning. White women. White women. <laughs> they can't be stopped. <laughs> I think it. I think Bean Finn, when I looked it up, means white women, okay. if I remember correctly. So, so I'm just imagining like like just pure white, like Snow White. It's like type. it's like fairies dressed in white. White. Okay. And they lurk in water. We'll get into it. Among their kind are Peg Powler, the Water Leaper, Nursery Boggles, and Jenny Green Teeth. <laughs> Jenny Green Teeth. Jenny Green Teeth. Jenny Green Teeth. Hi, it's me, Jenny Green Teeth. Can I come to your party? 
They are most commonly reported around dark waters in lakes and streams, particularly where people have drowned in the past. So uh, that's fun. I hate dark water. Oh, good. I, yeah. Well, it's like this whole thing. If you can't see the bot, like if I can't yeah. see my feet, I don't go in. Yeah. And so like lakes don't do it for, well, the Great Lakes, Michigan has like clear water. Yes. But like, yeah, oceans on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Well, I'm that's good. saved you from the white women thus good. far. So good. congratulations. <laughs> Anyway, these fairies will wait for children to stumble a little too close to the edge of the water, and then they snatch them and oh, drown them. Oh, God. Yeah. Parents use threats of bean fin to keep kids from getting too close to bodies of water, okay. which is pretty good parenting in terms of your kid probably won't drown, mm-hmm. but pretty shitty parenting in terms of if you want them to get a good night's sleep and not be terrified all the time. So, you know, your mileage may vary. There's also a version of drowning fairies that target adults called the Blue Men of the Minch. Okay. The Blue Men summon storms to sink ships and drown sailors. And the only way to get rid of the Blue Men, much like the performing group of the same name, (laughs) is to rhyme at them. So you're sitting pretty after your rhyming game. Oh, good. Yeah. (laughs) It's like you're just setting up all of these balls for me to just like slam dunk, slam dunk, slam dunk. Exactly. It's like you knew what I was talking about. (laughs) It's so good. All right, and then you have the Slua, which is why I was on the Gaelic IPA site earlier today. <gasps> and the IPA for it looks like a frowny face because apparently you're supposed to say, like, the Y is in yellow before you say the L. So it's supposed to be like, I don't know. Slua. I'm so sorry. I just, I fucking can't. How the fuck am I supposed to say that frowny I face? I don't know. They yeah. Don't, they don't, like, pronounce it for you? No. And I went to the IPA page, which is where it goes. And then I'm like, okay, so that's like a Y? So it's like a C-C-L-O-A. God. Do you have, like, Google Translate? Google Translate, I did, and it was like, the pronunciation feature is not available for Scots Gaelic. And I'm like, of course not, you fucking cowards. Uh. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So the Slua, shout out to gotireland.com for also supplementing my research for this. We have Irish listeners. Yes, please. Please help, help me. Please help me. at gmail.com. I'm trying so hard. We, this, we there's just... a reason I don't dabble <laughs> in things I don't understand. <laughs> Courtney the, is much braver than there's I. There's the motto of this podcast, because it sounds like there's a reason why I don't fucks with demons, but really, it's, there's a reason why I don't touch words I can't say. Right. <laughs> anyway. The spirits of the restless dead, Slua are a kind of haggard fairy with leathery wings in Irish and Scottish folklore. I know you're surprised based on how the word is pronounced. (sighs) Their feet are claw-like, and they have a few strings of dark hair to cover their hideous faces and gnarled pointy teeth. Sometimes called the host of the unforgiven dead or the underfolk, the Slua were sometimes even more feared than actual death, because even death bows down to their authority, which is pretty fucking metal. They also had no loyalty or mercy, and it was only the arrival of Christianity that defined them as the souls of dead sinners who died unrepentant and unforgiven. They were so evil, in fact, that they couldn't go to the other world because the other world was like, pass, and hell was like, hard pass. Oh, God. So they got stuck in this kind of, they had to come back to the mortal realm because everybody was like, no, thank you. Nobody's home. I gave it the office. So the whole thing of the Slua is stealing human souls, which dooms the soul to become a Slua. They especially like to fly in flocks from the west at night to steal the soul of someone who is dying before they receive their last rites. Mm-hmm. The superstitious will thus keep the windows and doors on the west side of the house closed if somebody is in the house and they're mm-hmm. sick just to be safe. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Also, much like Voldemort, you may want to avoid saying Slua because it could inadvertently summon them to you. Meaning, as I put in my notes, since I've said it like seven times, we're probs gonna get one. Good. Sorry. <laughs> Good. Also, the Slua could come get you if you were feeling particularly down or hopeless. Okay. If they've targeted you, the only way to get them off your tail is to sacrifice someone else for them to steal a soul from. Okay. But then that crime is so terrible that it may doom you to becoming a Slua anyway, because that's a really evil crime to kill somebody else so that the Slua take their souls. Interesting. So, so you're kind of fucked. As we all listen and talk about Slua right now, we should be <laughs> merry and cheerful and yeah. happy holidays. Happy holidays. Hello. Close the windows on close the west the side of your house just to yeah. be safe. Okay. Figure out where the west side of your house is and close, close those doors. the front side of our house. Great. Yes. Those windows are all closed. <laughs> Some tips for avoiding the Slua. 
Don't walk alone at night. Stay inside after dark. And don't walk through dark forests or empty streets. And these are good words to live by anyway. Yeah. Be afraid of everything. Basic, and I mean, like, the sign next to the hiking trail by our house says, mm. Park closes at dark. Trail yeah. closes at dark. So, yeah, good advice. To quote John Mulaney quoting J.J. Bittenbinder, Street smarts! <laughs> Also, be careful when you see flocks of dark birds at night because they might not be birds, which makes sense. They might be bats. And here's just a fun little bit of something for you, English teacher. Hell yeah. One interpretation suggests that the raven in Edgar Allan Poe's most famous work is a slua drawn to the heartache of the narrator. Hell yeah. So he's super desperate and sad, and then this bird-like thing comes and torments him. Holla. What was it? How do you pronounce it again? Slua. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There we go. <laughs> nailed my own joke. Fucking nailed it, bruh. <laughs> All right, you want to tell me about some happy fairies, and then yes. I'll tell you about some fake fairies. Yes. Some let's talk about some fake, uh, some, some, some happier fairies. Happy. So first one is the tooth fairy. If I can find it. While you find it, I will tell you a story. When I was little, I went rogue once and wrote a letter to the tooth fairy which my poor sweet mom found, luckily in time before I woke up, and wrote back to me. (laughs) So her name was, what was it? I think it was like Sparkle. Oh, I can't remember. My mom's going to email me and be like, how could you forget her name? It was like Twinkle Sparkle or something like that, or like Twinkle Star. My mom really scraped the bottom of the yeah, barrel, but right. I, e- I emailed, I wrote her a letter every time I lost a tooth. Nice. Yeah. Well, she, kudos she, to your mom for yeah. participating in that. And shout out to my mom for also what I said, what do you do with the teeth? Saying, none your business. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the tooth fairy is actually like more recent than maybe some people would expect. Oh. Whereas like Santa Claus can be traced back to St. Nicholas, yeah. who was born around 280 common era. Mm-hmm. And the Easter bunny arrived in the U.S. with German immigrants during the 1700s, uh-huh. but the very earliest reference to the Tooth Fairy wasn't until 1908. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so... and It's it, the same age as our college. Right, and it's, it was further popularized in a 1927's play for children, The Tooth Fairy. Oh. So, like, it's a very recent thing. But celebrating a lost tooth is a long-standing universal tradition where a lot of different cultures around the world have been commemorating the lost baby teeth for hundreds of years. Like in the 13th century, Islamic scholars referenced Middle Eastern traditions of throwing a baby tooth into the sky or to nice. the sun and praying for a better tooth to replace it. Oh, fun! Um, you know, there's other places where, like in Turkey, Mexico, and Greece, children will toss their baby teeth onto the roof of a house. Or um, in India, Korea, Vietnam, and the Philippines, lower teeth are thrown upwards, but teeth from the upper jaw are thrown to the floor to (coughs) encourage new adult teeth to throw straight. Um, Fuck this tooth. But in Norwegian and Finnish traditions, Mm -hmm. children are warned of Hamaspeko, the tooth troll who comes for children (laughs) who don't brush their teeth. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and so basically the tooth fairy is oftentimes considered like a humanoid fairy, right? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, little like fairy wings and thing. Yeah. But there are some instances where the tooth fairy is a mouse or a squirrel or something else to have like sturdy teeth and comes and like helps replace the children's teeth. Legit. And the average American tooth is currently worth about three hundred and uh, th- sorry, three dollars and nineteen cents. I was about to be like, Jesus, no, I'm gonna knock some teeth out. Like thirty-two percent of children will receive like a single dollar, yeah, which is the most common amount. But like five percent of children receive twenty bucks or more. Those are the upper one percent of children. Shit, yeah, right? clearly. I, know. I um, my mom as the tooth fairy. My mom is a dental assistant, yeah. so we got only got a dollar if we lost like a molar. Yeah. <laughs> And it's also, like, how much money you get also depends on, like, the region of the United States and also how our economy is doing. There! That's all tied into it. So, basically, the Tooth Fairy is kind of another one of those tricks that parents can use. Yeah. Like, you know, don't go near the dark water. It can, like... (laughs) help promote healthy habits where, like, you want to have nice teeth Mm -hmm. and, like, parents will use the the promise of the tooth fairy coming and bringing you a treat Mm -hmm. for, like, taking care of your teeth. Fair. Right? And then a lot of people aren't really sure, again, like, what the tooth fairy looks like. Most cartoons will depict it as a winged female sprite or pixie like Tinkerbell. Sure. But some people don't actually... It's like, in 1984, 74% of Americans viewed the tooth fairy as being a female, Hmm. while 12% envisioned the fairy as neither male nor female, thought of it as, like, just like a a spirit or something. Mm -hmm. 
And then other people were like, I think the Tooth Fairy's a bear. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and one person actually wrote that in their survey that it was a pot-bellied, cigar-smoking, jean-clad, tiny flying male. <laughs> and give me your fucking tooth. Give me your fucking tooth. Um, and then when you think about, like, the rock playing oh, yeah, the, tooth fairy, the tooth fairy. I yeah. mean, sure. Sure. Let's see. Another fairy to talk about is the sugar plum fairy ba, from the ba, Nutcracker. Ba, ba, so um, the sugar plum fairy is a character within the 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 ballet, the Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. She is the beautiful fairy who rules the land of sweets. She welcomes the children, um, Clara and. Uh, the other one. The other one. The the, the soldier. <laughs> the, to- the toy soldier oh, right, yeah. comes to life and has her subjects dance for them. Mm-hmm. And the ballet ends with everyone doing a waltz because part two really doesn't have any like kind of story. It just is... Stuff is happening. Stuff is happening. <laughs> so she dances in act two of the ballet. She, again, is just like the, the queen, the ruler. Nice. But in... In Disney's Fantasia, mm-hmm. the Sugar Plum Fairies do come up during, they play the Nutcracker Suite, but you can see that the animation style for it is very different from the ballet itself. Mm-hmm. Instead, the Sugar Plum Fairies here are responsible for controlling the change of the seasons. To accomplish this, there are different types of them to control over each season. There are dewdrop fairies okay. who create dewdrops for the flowers and have different colors. You can think of them as the pink, green, you know, emerald, yellow, okay. whatever. You know, you like remember the flowery like, things. The flowery things. Yeah. yeah, if you guys remember seeing them in Fantasia. Mm-hmm. There are the summer fairies who are green and change everything from spring to summer. The autumn fairies who are orange and gray and change summer to autumn. And then the icy blue frost fairies who change autumn to winter. And that actually, I think, the frost fairies and the snowflake fairies who are pale and wear crowns mm-hmm. and have a snowflake around their body, I remember them distinctly being my favorite ones oh, when good I saw taste. Fantasia when I was a child. And um, if you... Uh, have played Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. Oh my god. There is a whole area of the game. Why are there all... fairies in that game? They, there's a whole Fantasia level. Oh show, my god. Show, after we finish recording, I'll show you the Fantasia level. It's really pretty. What is this game? But every time one type is done, they fall asleep and allow the next group of fairies. And so they perform a seasonal cycle. Okay, gotcha. So I really, yeah, that one was great. And in... Once Upon a Time, the ABC show, (laughs) they actually do appear on the snow around, like, the subjects of the Blue Fairy or um, the Snow White's acquaintances. Gotcha. So they actually are, like member like 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 personified yeah that. well yeah. that show has everybody, everybody which is part of why i gave i was like what the fuck is happening yeah i gave up, I gave up. Yeah. um a couple other fairies from disney who are pretty well known you can think of tinkerbell as sure. one of them obviously i think she's like the one that yeah. we all think when we think disney fairy mm-hmm. also fairy godmother from cinderella oh, yeah. right and then flora fauna and merryweather from sleeping beauty the three good fairies who can't make up their mind on anything. They always bicker and they fight, right? And then we also have Maleficent. Dun, dun, dun. I didn't know she was a fairy. Maleficent is an evil fairy. Oh. Yeah, she, Maleficent does count as a fairy. I even though she turns like, into a dragon at the end. Yeah, I always thought she was like a sorceress. Mm-mm, she counts mm. as a fairy, which is really awesome. Yeah. And then um, circling back to Fantasia, we also get the spring sprite. So if you've seen Fantasia 2000 and the Firebird Suite, she oh. is also classified as a fairy. So, good job, Disney. You have such a wide variety. Cosmopolitan has this great article called 11 Times Disney Fairies, Fairy Godmother, and Assorted Other Magical Helpers Were Actually No Help At All. Amazing. And they basically included everyone. Cinderella's Fairy (laughs) Godmother, like... Kind of that's true. Almost like, Fairy Godmother is like, oh, you're being abused in your house, young woman. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm gonna make you a pretty dress. Right. And it's like, and I, you know, it's, it's almost like she only sets the things in motion, but she yeah. doesn't like really do, do anything. anything. And if she was really looking out for her, she wouldn't have let her live in that live fucking in that house. house, right? Um, <laughs> you but, fucking fairy. Uh, we've got Merlin from Sword in the Stone, who's just kind of like nonsensical. Yeah. But you know what I like about him? His beard. He he's kind of like he's he's kind of a curmudgeonly. Yeah. And also he helps Kyrie and Lee learn how to wield keyblades in Kingdom Hearts. Okay, anyway, moving on. Um, Sleeping Beauty's fairies, they're like, Cosmopolitan calls them the worst. Basically, they chose, of the magical talents you could give a baby girl, they chose beautiful and song. 
True. And then, you know, what about other things? And they also call Maleficent HBIC, the head bitch in charge, because she kind of is. She is. She gets shit done. Um, she sets out to do shit. She accomplishes it. And they're also kind of bad at baking and sewing and all these other things. Yeah, that's fair. And then we also have the blue fairy who, like, was weird about this. You know, like, she's turning a toy into a boy. Yeah, That's is that necessary? T- T- Beaker Pan is kind of a spiteful bitch, is oh, what yeah. Cosmopolitan says, and she yeah. is. Tinkerbell um, is one of those girls who's like, I just don't have a lot of girlfriends, you know? Yeah. I just don't get along and with she doesn't other people. Like, she doesn't try to help. No. Like, the, the, like, help Wendy when the mermaids try to drown her. No, she's just like, drown that bitch. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I'll, I'll say let's say that there's all the fairies. The other ones are more like this, like the fun the magical, magical creatures, like Mushu. Yeah, he's a dragon. He's not a fairy. Or the enchantress from Beauty and the Beast. Oh. So yeah, thank you Disney for. I mean, yes, Maleficent gave me nightmares as a child and I as mean, a teenager, and scared my dad when he saw <laughs> Fanta- uh, not Fanta- uh, Sleeping Beauty in theaters when oh. he was a child. Oh, but yeah, it's when she turns into the dragon. Oh uh, well, it's, she, it's pretty upsetting. That dragon caught on fire. I want to say in, last year in, 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 in Disneyland, Disneyland Paris. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was really funny. Yeah, um, they had a they have the Maleficent in dragon form as in their parade. Yeah. If you didn't see it. And she just caught on fire. And so they had to, like, put a hold on the parade while they tried to put out the dragon. Yeah. Whoops, Disneyland Paris. Um, Lol, oop. But yeah, thank you, Disney, for making fairies that aren't terrifying creatures. Yay! All right, real quick, do Mm -hmm. you want to go through some fairies? Yes, go through some fairies. So these are the most famous, most well-known fairies that are hoaxes Mm. in, like, real life. So beyond, like... Obviously, fake fairies, like the ones in Disney, these were ones that for over 50 years, people believed were real, mm. which is bananas. Bananas. So, shout out to hoaxes.org. Hell yeah. Getting it right up front. Sorry for the spoilers if you're not familiar with the story. <laughs> The Guardian and Wikipedia. Okay. In 1917, cousins Elsie Wright and Francis Griffith took a series of photos that would captivate and calm the world for more than 50 fucking years. Huh. (sighs) Yeah. Francis, who was nine, came to live with 16-year-old Elsie at her home in Cottingley near Bradford, England during World War I when Francis and her mother moved from South Africa. Mm -hmm. After playing in Elsie's family garden, the two came inside and asked Elsie's dad to borrow his camera, saying that they wanted to take a picture of the fairies they had been playing with all morning. Elsie's dad, an unflappable man, was like, all right, this seems fine. So he showed him how to use the camera and was like, all right, bye. Sure. Send him back out. About an hour later, they came back and gave Mr. Wright the plate to develop, and when he did, he saw a picture of Francis with some fairies dancing. Okay. He thought it was some kind of trick, so he was like, why are there bits of paper in this photo? Which proves that Mr. Wright was smarter than a lot of people. Yeah. Anyway, the girls insisted that it was a picture of their friends, the fairies. They were like, no, 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 we just took this picture. They're all out there. It's not a big deal. Mm Mm-hmm. One month later, the girls brought another photo to Mr. Wright, but this one was a picture of Elsie with a garden gnome, like a, like a little foot-tall yeah, gnome. Yeah. Okay. yeah, fine. Once again, Mr. Wright laughed it off, but when his wife saw the photo, she flipped out because Polly Wright was a big believer in the supernatural. Cool. So when she saw the photo, she was like, this is it. In 1919, she brought the photos to a lecture on spiritualism and quote-unquote fairy life. Okay. And showed them to the speaker to get his opinion on them. And the speaker was like, holy fucking shit. These are real. These are so real. And he started showing the photos to other leaders of spiritualism. They finally ended up at the desk of Harold Snelling, who declared that the photos were authentic, deeming them, and this is a direct quote, so it does not age well. Hold on tight. Genuine unfaked photographs of single exposure open air work show movement in all the fairy figures, and there is no trace whatever of the studio work involving card or paper models, dark backgrounds, painted figures, etc. Huh. Does not age well. No. From that point, these photos blew up. The British spiritualist community basically lost their shit and yeah. just shared the photos everywhere. They were like, oh my god, have you seen oh these? God. Fairies are fucking real, bro. Even Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the creator of Sherlock Holmes, was a huge fan of the pictures. And he was like, this is it. This is conclusive proof that fairies are real. And the girls were still telling everyone they could about their fairy friends. Frances sent a letter to a friend of hers back in South Africa saying, it is funny. I never used to see them in Africa. 
It must be too hot for them there. <sighs> okay. Fair. Arthur Conan Doyle even reached out to the girls to ask them to take more photos to support an article he was writing on the existence of fairies. Okay. When the article was published in December 1920, five fairy photos were included and the world freaked out even more. But when Doyle and a spiritualist leader tried to get a certificate of authenticity for the photos from, of all people, Kodak, they were unsuccessful. Kodak basically said that while they didn't think the photos had been fake, they were like, well, these these seem legit, but they said that that doesn't mean they were conclusive proof that fairies were real in the photos. Thank you, Kodak. Yeah, like, good job, Kodak. Another photo company went one step further, saying that there was, quote, some evidence of faking. But Doyle and the spiritualist basically went, la, 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 we can't hear you. These are really real. And they took the fairies to a physicist and researcher named Sir Oliver Lodge, who was like, no, honey, no, these are fake. These are fake. Sorry, no. And the world was starting to get over the whole fairy thing. Yeah. By 1921, interest had greatly subsided. And Elsie and Francis were growing up, too. Remember, Elsie was 16 when all of this started. Right. She's now 20. She's like, I'm good. Yeah, and so they grew up, they got married, they moved far away from England where their fairy BFFs lived. And eventually, when Elsie came back to England, a reporter from the Daily Express found her in 1966. Mm -hmm. And she finally admitted that the fairies may have been figments of her imagination uh, and that she somehow uh, willed them into being in the photos using her thoughts which like 100 okay. percent, she had to know that was bullshit yeah that's bullshit <laughs> that she had to know the jig was up and the media was like hold up there's there's got to be more to this let's let's maybe look in a little more so they started digging again and they, again, suddenly cared about fairies again. Huh. Once again, Elsie told the BBC in 1971, I've told you that they're photographs of figments of our imagination, and that's what I'm sticking to. Which, like, that's not an explanation. No, that's just saying that's just, you don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, that's like, yes, we made it up, but I don't want to say we made up the photos. By 1976, both women agreed that, quote, a rational person doesn't see fairies, but still insisted they were not fake photos. In 1976. Ah. In 1978, a magician of all fucking people and scientific skeptic named James Randi gathered a team of people from the Committee for the Scientific Investigation of Claims for the Paranormal, and they used an early computer enhancement process to take a closer look at the photos, where they concluded, yeah, these are really fucking fake. You can see the strings that are holding up the fairies. It's really obvious. Randy even found illustrations of fairies that looked remarkably similar to the ones in the photos, uh -huh. and they were from a children's book called Princess Mary's Gift Book, which was published two years before the first of the photos were taken. Hmm. So here's a side-by-side -side comparison that we'll post on the Instagram. Look how uh, similar those yeah, are. Yeah. 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 Finally, in 1983, we have already been to the moon at this point. Like, sh shit. This is 1983. This is only a handful of years before you and I were born. Yes. We were very close to existing. Yeah. In 1983, the cousins told the magazine The Unexplained that the photos were faked. Finally. Almost 70 fucking years later, they still claimed that they had really seen fairies, but these pictures were of illustrations that Elsie had copied from Princess Mary's gift book and then drawn wings on. In 1985, Elsie said they were both too embarrassed to admit what happened after they met Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and he believed them. Aww. Basically, in their interview, they were like, I mean, he's this really smart guy and he created Sherlock Holmes and he was like, these are real. So he couldn't be like, oh, we were just kind of, we were having a laugh, you know? That's so sad. Yeah, so they, they kept going with it. As a fun conclusion, in October of this year, the original photos were sold at auction, where The Guardian reports they sold for 20,000 pounds. Wow. Which is so much money. I will tell you how much in yeah, just like, one moment. Like, probably $40,000. Or maybe 30, 25,000, yeah. Yeah, yeah $25,000. The, the, the dropped a lot recently. Yeah. For reasons Let's see, that are can, can, I mean, can we go back to October? <laughs> Yeah, because I was looking for something on a British Etsy site recently and yeah. was, like, really surprised at how cheap things were. it was. Yeah, I was looking at dresses from a British retailer, and I was like, oh, wow, there's not that much of a difference yeah. between the It's like a dollar and five cents. Yeah, it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah. 
So anyway, those are the Cottingly Fairies, which is one of the most famous hoaxes of supernatural creatures. I like it. You have probably seen the photos before. We'll post some on the internet. And, like, I remember the first time I read an article about this was in, like, 1996, Mm -hmm. when I still believed in fairies and shit. So, like, reading the article. It's really pretty, though, that these two 16-year-old girls were able to, like, figure out. Oh, no, that one was nine. Oh, she was nine, yeah. Yeah. But that they were able to, like, figure the stuff out. Yeah, and they they tricked a lot of people, like, and they're good pictures. They're really good pictures. They're really pretty. Yeah. So, like, good on them. them. Like, shit, that's her and the gnome. (laughs) Ha Which is really cute. Yeah. And, like, again, it was 1917. They did not have Photoshop. They basically just cut out pieces of paper. And had to stand really still. Yes. And then they were like, all right, let's do this. Right. And, like, it's it's incredible. Incredible. I really love it. Yeah. And by now, I realized after reading all of this, I was like, oh, in 1995, they were probably doing, like, a 10-year retrospective on that story coming out where they were like, okay, we faked it. You got us. I should take photos of these pictures that I have at my parents' house where mm-hmm. we they took me to a photo studio at the mall and I got to dress up like a fairy and they, <gasps> the, the company photoshopped fairies. Nice! My, yeah, it was really nice. I'm going to shrink that photo of you as a fairy <laughs> down and then I'm going to print it out and yes. then I'm going to go in our backyard and I'm going to pose with it yes. like, this is a real fairy! Yes! <laughs> and we'll see if we can fool Sir Arthur so Conan excited. Doyle from Beyond the Grave. I'll look for those. Yeah, <laughs> on the Instagram. Oh my god. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. Good oh, times. Oh god. Alright, well that was our jaunt through fairies, which are sometimes associated with Christmas, mm-hmm. which is today when you're listening, if you listen to it on the day it drops. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Happy almost New Year, one yes, more week. One we'll more have week. another episode yeah. dropping then. Yep. We appreciate you guys. We do. I, I sincerely appreciate all the nice thoughts and comments that, you, especially our Twitter friends, Left me on that one post of like feel good things. That yeah. was really that was really th- sweet. So thank you so much. Y'all are seriously the yeah. best. Like we've we've gotten some cards and stickers and things, and it's just like every time we do, both of us genuinely flip out because we are really stupidly lucky that we just tripped mm-hmm. into this. Yeah, thirty three percent pulp. Thank you so much. Oh for my the god, they're so good. And that French toast one was oh, bananas. So good. Mm. And um. And Relic, thank you for thank the... You for the best Pokemon pins. For the uh, the Oathkeeper Keyblade. The, the, the really little I got travel two, size Keyblade. I got two Keyblades for Christmas this year. I'm so lucky. You can keep the travel size one on you if you go on a plane. But exactly. if you try to take the other one on, they're like, ma'am, ma'am we need to check ma'am. your weapon. <laughs> ma'am, please. Ma'am, please. Ma'am, please. We just please. recently learned please. that this is, in fact, a weapon. <laughs> and not, not just, just a key. giant key. <laughs> All right. right. Well, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Have a good day. Enjoy your Tuesday. Yeah. Mwah. Ho, ho, ho. <gasps> Santa. Are you in desperate need of advice, but maybe your problems are too strange, too scary, and too shameful for the average advice show? We are the Carol Sisters, hosts of the paranormal and true crime advice show, Dear Murder Street, and we are here to help. Do you suspect that your very shy and polite neighbor may, in fact, be a serial killer? Is there a ghost in your bedroom watching you change? Were you catfished by someone who turned out to be a very sad, very lonely extraterrestrial? Call and leave a message at 845-418-6681 or write to us at dearmurderstreet at gmail.com. Visit dearmurderstreet.com for more information and find us wherever you get your podcasts.